Welcome in to the Tighten Up Podcast on the A to Z Sports Podcast Network. I'm Jack Gentry alongside my partner, Austin Huff. You can find us both on Twitter. I'm at Jack A. Gentry. He is at Austin Huff. We are the Tighten Up Podcast. Give us a follow on Twitter, at Tighten Up Pod. Give us a follow on Instagram, at Tighten Up Podcast. And as always, we're under the A to Z Sports umbrella. So go make sure you're following A to Z Sports on every social media platform. This is so number 140. The that time Adam Ellis sent in the longest episode title in the history of the greatest Titans podcast to exist of sods. Oh, God, Adam Ellis had you gasping for air last week. I almost missed the Sunday night game between the Titans and Chiefs because I was still reading Adam Ellis's so title last week. This one, <laughs> this one this week comes via Dave. At bad 17 Durango on Twitter. Um, I don't know if he drives a 2017 Dodge Durango or if he hates Ryan Tannehill, which is uh, alludes to the bad 17 uh, of his Twitter handle. I'm not sure, but either way, I'm sure Jack will uh, be friends with him. <laughs> Dave Durango's a tupper. He's been around for a little while. Yes. Yeah, he is. Uh, Dave is Dave is great. Always constantly pushing out the show. And we appreciate I appreciate you, Dave, uh, a lot. He and Dave. Uh, now, we say if you want to submit a so title for next week, so just tweet at us with something obscure about the Titans or, you know, or I mean, the show, I guess it, it can count as well. Uh, and we'll name the so that and give you credit. And I will say this. We are sitting on a few right now, but uh, Dave jumped the line because his was so funny. It made us laugh. If you make us laugh, you will jump the line. Like it, it, the the more likely you uh, will have a chance to be read right away. So shout out to that uh, and shout out to Adam Ellis for last week's so title. If you want to go back and listen to it, uh, I think our I, our episode last week was like an hour, an hour and 50 minutes. It was a long ass episode. And that's mainly because 50 minutes of it was us reading Adam Ellis's <laughs> submission. Um, but uh, this week, uh, yeah. Uh, so submit your so titles at Tighten Up Pod on Twitter. Um, and we will uh, we will get those that way. Now, I will say this. The best way to beat the Wednesday afternoon news dump, which we are so often hit with from the Tennessee Titans, is to drop your pod on Wednesday night at midnight. How about that, Titans, where you think you can get one on us this week? Nope, not this week, because we're dropping our podcast a day later. And I just want to say, first and foremost, before we get into this, so thank you for your patience, Tuppers. We apologize. We don't like to do this. We don't like to come a day later. We like to stay on rhythm because we know you guys have your schedules and your routines, and we like to be a part of that. And we thank you for allowing us to be a part of that. But this week I was in Nashville. It's CMA Awards week. And so I was in Nashville and I, I worked 12 hour days for three straight days of nonstop back to back to back to back interviews. And I just didn't have the time to do uh, this podcast and put the time into this podcast like we normally do. So that's why we pushed it back a day. I apologize. Um, but uh, I think we thank you guys for sticking with us a day later than normal. It's a good um, week to go on Wednesday too, because the Titans did try and news dump us. 
Yeah, they did. We've got some news dumps to d- uh, dive into. Uh, we're going to be joined by Nick Suss. We'll be talking about the Broncos game with him and and uh, a viral moment that he's actually had in his career before. And uh, we're going to talk all things. We're going to talk about the Chiefs game. I know, I know, I know. We just have to. We have to put it to bed. It's going to suck. It's going to hurt. Uh, it's going. We're going to be revealing some old wounds, but we need to talk about it. We're going to talk about Malik wide receivers we're going to talk about um uh what else defense. am i missing we've got king defense. henry defense oh and uh voting for the best nashville sports podcast Ooh. by the sobros network is up and out right now we're going to tweet out the link we're going to put it on instagram so if you follow at tighten up pod or at tighten up podcast on instagram you can see the link there help us out tuppers we need your help We'll get into more of that a little bit later on in the show, but go vote for us right now. Voting is open for, I believe, another week. So um, get out there and vote. Circle the wagons. Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. Screw that. Nobody circles the wagons like the Tuppers. You guys always come to our aid and help us out. We appreciate it. Uh, But before we get into all of the things for this week's episode, let's first get a word from our friends at Relax the Pack. Does your back hurt? Are you like Derrick Henry and you just can't get eight hours of sleep at night because you're tired of carrying your team at work? Carrying the entire team. Well, have no fear because Relax the Back is the place for you. The Relax the Back team sets out every day to help people in the Nashville area work better, live better, and feel better every single day. And if you're like me and you struggle with insomnia, you can't fall asleep and stay asleep, or posture issues are giving you problems at work all day, you get home with a stiff neck, stiff back, nothing feels good. We'll head into Relax the Back because they have a variety of chairs that combat neck and back pain for those of us who are sitting up at work all day long. Uh, they've also got Technogel and Tempur-Pedic pillows and mattresses, new technology to help maximize your sleep every night. They are as light as a feather. It feels like you're floating on a cloud when you sleep on these things. They've also got zero-gravity chairs zero gravity mattresses if if you just want to take a load off relax the back is the place for comfort so go check them out they're located at 2020 glen echo road in nashville tennessee it's right across the road from the green hills regal movie theater right next to hillsborough high school you nashvillians you green hillsians if that's a word uh you guys know what i'm talking about so but if you don't live in nashville if you don't live in middle tennessee and you're unable to get there don't worry about that you can check them out online and look at their impressive selection in the store at stores.relaxtheback.com slash Nashville. Get get to feeling better today. And when you go in and you see CEO Glenn, you make sure to tell him that A to Z Sports sent you. And with all that said, let's talk Titan. I hear the train a coming. It's rolling around the bay. What is up, Flameheads? Welcome to the Titan Up Podcast. Today is November 10th, 2022. And if you think it's confusing to determine which tweets are actual tweets now that pay for verification is up and running... Well, just wait until we dive into the discussion of Titans wide receivers <laughs> and and them not being able to catch passes. What is going on? Look, that uh, let's start here, Jack, because I feel like 
there's so much we can get into with this Titans Chiefs game, and it is it, it, it's painful, it, it's frustrating. I went into this game. You can look at this game in one of two ways. I feel like Jack. I went into this game thinking this was going to be Bills 2.0. When once Ryan Tannehill was announced, he could not go. And this is not a shot at Malik. I love Malik Willis. I do. But he's just not ready. He's just not there yet. And with what he showed us against the Texans, I went into the game firmly believing that going up against one of the best teams in the NFL, if not the best team in the NFL with the Kansas City Chiefs, I went into the game thinking this is going to be Bills 2.0, a 41 to 7 loss in prime time in front of everyone. I was I was enjoying the ride. I was enjoying that I I was gladly wrong. Malik Wills, the game plan this week was different. The the I I loved the game plan at least for the first half, maybe the first 3 quarters. But then in the second half came around and the what the Titans do in the second half is they just don't do points. I don't know if they were content with their lead and content with the way their defense was shutting down the Chiefs offense, but they just kind of took their foot off the gas as has been the case this whole season. And, and yeah, but um, so for me, I, I view this game as like, I was pleasantly surprised with the outcome. I think Malik Willis showed us some promise, something we haven't seen from him yet this season. I think there there is something that like okay oh I think once the game slows down for him he will be good, which we did not get after the Texans lost. But and then and then and then it, but it's just it's just one of those things where I I I took some good from it, but I can I but I fully understand the frustrations and people that were like that game sucked. They should have won it. Things are moving so fast for Malik Willis right now. I mean, you saw it at the end of the game in overtime where he just ran around for 10 seconds and took 10-yard losses on back-to-back plays. It he's he's clearly not ready as a passer. The Titans know that. That's why they they plan the way they do. That's why they, you know, av- avoid calling passing play or avoid to call pass plays like like it's the plague. I mean, seriously, in the second half, Malik Willis, everyone in the building, everyone in Arrowhead knew he was turning around to give it to Henry every single time. Didn't matter if he was going for two yards, three and outs were happening. Um, Stonehouse was bombing punts, which was nice. But it was was upsetting because you can't beat the Chiefs by playing safe. And and that's what it felt like they were doing. The first quarter was great. Game plan, they came out with a great idea. I feel like their first quarters are always their best quarters, which is not what you want, but it's not a bad problem. I mean, starting with a lead, the Titans are built to play with a lead. With Derrick Henry, a strong run game and a great defense, they're built to win that way. But you've got to be able to finish games. you got to close them out in the fourth quarter, and that's what we've yet to see from the Titans. I mean, they've been surviving this season. Um, that that they, they ran out of gas against the Chiefs. You can't just sit on 17 points against the Chiefs on the road and expect to win. Yeah. N- not even with this defense, which I believe is a Super Bowl defense. I feel like the Titans play their best when the game plan is scripted. And they only got four plays in in the first quarter this week. They only played four plays. It was a, it was a it was the Chig play and then a three and out. You got to make those big plays, those big explosive plays, whether it's a Henry run, the Chig pass on Sunday night. Yeah, you've got to turn those into points. You can't let yes. forty yard gains go to waste. Uh, I agree. Especially I agree. But but after that first quarter, they 
the second quarter was when it all it all clicked. It all came together. They they looked incredible in the second quarter. Derrick Henry looked incredible. Ninety two of his yards came in that second quarter alone. I'll say this: heading into Arrowhead with Malik Willis's quarterback, the Titans are thirteen point underdogs. I bet on the Chiefs. That's what I thought of the Titans in this spot right here. They come out and totally impress me. And you know they were the better team for like 59 minutes of, of in regulation. They were the better yeah. team. Mahomes yeah. couldn't move the ball. Kelsey was pissed. He was frustrated. The defensive line, Danico Autry was bawling, had two sacks. Bud Dupree got that hip injury, and I thought that really hurt the Titans late. But oh, yeah. when you're in a game like that against you know one of the top contenders in the NFL, not just the AFC, but they the Chiefs are a legitimate Super Bowl contender. And when you can play them like that, I think that that gives everybody in Tennessee, you know, some hope for this season to, to win a game or two in the playoffs, maybe make a run. But to lose that game is is just so painful. And there are so many just points of weakness that, that were highlighted in that loss. The Titans have held the Chiefs to 23 points over their last eight quarters against each other. Um, that is pretty phenomenal, especially for considering a, a, a Chiefs offense this year that, and I think maybe last year, that averages over 30 points a game. So uh, the, for whatever reason, the Titans have the Chiefs number. After watching that game and after being pleasantly surprised that I was completely wrong about the outcome, the Titans win that game if Ryan Tannehill plays. I agree. I think everyone. The Titans, I, and you could argue that the Titans win that game by maybe double digits if Ryan Tannehill plays that game. And even think about this. Even if Ryan Tannehill's in that game and the game goes the exact same way, ha having Ryan Tannehill quarterback an offense with, what, just over two minutes left? or just under two minutes left, I guess, to go down it's the ice. field. I mean, it's that, over. that is that is where Ryan Tannehill is at his best. He leads the NFL and and come from behind in fourth quarter or come from behind game winning uh, drives, game winning drives in the fourth quarter and overtime. You, you yes. name it. He's got it. I totally agree because winning in the NFL is so difficult. You look across the league at, at all these young quarterbacks right now. You look in Chicago, Justin Fields. Uh, New York with Zach Wilson. I mean, there's plenty of examples going right now. Before you can win consistently in the NFL, you have to learn how to win. Malik well, Willis hasn't learned how to win yet. And it's and it's not just that, too. I mean, Malik Willis, I think, yes, the skill set is there for sure. But when it comes to playing at the speed of the NFL, look, when you play, when you go from high school football to college football, the speed of the game is night and day. It is it is insanely it's so much insanely faster. When you go from the co from college to NFL, it's even faster. It's, Not even it's, just college, but when you go from a group of five school and to the and NFL. that that's what I was then that's where I was going with this is because Malik didn't even play a power five offense. Justin Fields adapting to the speed of the NFL is a lot easier for him coming from a big 10 Ohio state where you're in the playoff every year, you're playing the best of the best every year. But when you go from Liberty where you're playing what, like Eastern Carolina and like Gardner Webb and Wake <laughs> Forest and in Hugh Freeze's backyard offense. Yes. That's what right. it is. It's like, backyard football, spread them out. Throw and, deep. 
I think that's why you see those moments where you'll see you'll see Malik take off and run on like a quarterback draw and then run straight to the sidelines because he's just he realizes, okay, I'm not I'm not outrunning these guys one. And look that he will get adapted to the speed of the game. He will. It just takes time and he's not there yet. But I feel much better about the future of Malik Willis and two tone blue after Sunday's game than I did after last Sunday's game. So I, I, I think that is a big positive. I know there's not a lot of positives you can take away from a loss, but that for Titans fans is a big positive. However, I will feel much better once Ryan Tannehill gets healthy. Once he returns to this offense, I will be much more excited for the rest of the way. And hopefully they can put together another five-game winning streak and go on on some sort of run here late. And the schedule is kind of, you know, some of these like tough games that we thought going up to Green Bay on Thursday night. I I feel like that that's easier. The Broncos Denver. game. The, yeah, the Denver Broncos game seems a lot easier. The you know? Bengals aren't as scary as we thought they would be. The Bengals are not as scary. That that to me, I think, is the most scary game. You know, coming down the stretch, but it's not near as scary as we thought it was going into the season. So, I, things are starting to to play out. I would much rather. I we need Ryan Tannehill healthy though. Going on late this season, let Malik continue to learn. I'm glad he got some reps in actual game action. But it's it's gonna take some time for him to be as great as we think and know he can be. Andy Reid said himself, Malik Willis is going to be a great quarterback in this league, and I and I I 100 agree after Sunday night more than I uh, I did. I uh, questioned after the Texans game mainly because, but uh, the game plan had a large part of that, and I think the Titans knew they could win without Malik, so they held back the game plan against the Texans, knowing they had the Chiefs the following week, which I think is brilliant by the Titans. Mike Vrabel, for whatever reason, this is this is, and this you and I preach Mike Vrabel's praises all the time. It is it, we are lucky to have a coach like him because, unlike any other coach in the NFL, he can get inside the heads of the Kansas City Chiefs. The Chiefs are a team that run on vibes, and for whatever reason, he is the vibe disruptor <laughs> for the Chiefs. It is I it like is that, un though. it is unreal how much he just will not he'll walk into their party at their house and they start they get flustered they get they get uncomfortable and we saw it last year when the party was in Nashville they they couldn't even put up a touchdown it was it's it's unreal and i i i think it's i think it's interesting with the chiefs and the titans it's a, it's a contrast of styles you saw the chiefs trying to play the titans game a little bit early on giving them a little extra shove you know getting a little physical with the titans and and you heard Chris Collinsworth say it on the broadcast. He was like, if I'm the Titans, I say, bring it on, keep it coming. Like this is, we want to muck up games. We want to make it physical. We want to make it a, you, you know, whoever wins the trenches can win the game because of how great that defensive line is. For whatever reason, the chiefs who walk on red carpets in the off season, they, you know, they have mansions. They, they they've Mahomes, Kelsey, all the stars Ooh. on Kansas city they are they are superstars in the sports world not just football like the titans don't have any of those big names the titans are overlooked they're full of they're full of guys uh, the the team's full of guys that nobody's heard of 
So that's exactly what the Titans want to go up against on Sundays. And with the way the Chiefs and Mahomes play, I mean, they don't like being pushed around. They don't like taking hits. But the Titans are the, are the team that's able to, to, to you know provide that for them. Jack, I love that take. I love that take. Let me take that take a little bit uh, one step further. To me, the, the Kansas City Chiefs, they're the Hollywood superstars. They're the A-list superstars, actors who in are known for playing tough guys in movies like a like a Tom Cruise in Mission Impossible or even like a Keanu Reeves in a John Wick okay they play these gritty tough <laughs> actors okay like like characters and and they get all the flash they get all the glitz the glam the glam the fame whereas you know maybe they play like a like a like a real gritty cop okay okay i like that whereas the the titans are actual cops. They're actual police chief, like not getting paid much. They're the blue collar guys, literally like the, they are, they're, they are legit gritty. They will legit put their cigarette butts in coffee and then drink the rest of their coffee. They're, they're like Jake Gyllenhaal is, in end of watch, right? Yes. Yes. That's a great example. There we go. I love this. All right. All right. Let's keep going with this. The chiefs are Jake Gyllenhaal. Okay. They can play a gritty cop in end of watch. All right. But the Titans are the actual cops. Okay. So if they, if Jake Gyllenhaal went face to face with an actual cop and they had to sprawl it out, they had to fight. Maybe, maybe they had to see who could arrest the other one first. The Titans would kick Jake Gyllenhaal's ass. And for whatever reason they do like the, and, and this is strictly from a defensive standpoint. The Titans make the Chiefs' offense look mundane. They make it look regular. And I don't know what it is. I don't know if, they, if they're, if they like, spiking the Chiefs' cool Gatorade coolers or what. Like, they're just, you know, slipping some roofies in there or, or, or something. But they, they, the Titans have something against the Chiefs where they get in their head. And that, to me, that's encouraging because there, there's a highly – highly likely chance that these two teams meet up in January. Yes. And that's what makes this loss hurt is because it's going to be an arrowhead again because they've got the head to head. They'll have now, the look, break. there's, there's plenty, there's plenty of season left. There's plenty of season left that, you know, we, we thought this, we thought that, you know, last year, but remember the, the Titans and chiefs were uh, duking it out. Back and back and forth for, for the one late. seed. The Chiefs slipped up late. And then the Bills, you know, look, if this Josh Allen injury is actually serious, the Bills could kind of drop off. The Titans could the Titans, the Titans are, are in a good spot right now, even despite the loss. I, I agree. I, I do wish that, that that game would have gone the other way. I wish that call at the end of the game was correctly made. Josh Kalu got hosed. The Titans got hosed. Yes, the yes, they did. But and I don't want to be you, that guy but, to complain about the refs, blame it on yes, the refs. I, I hate complaining like about the refs because there's so much more in that game that did go wrong. I'm not going to say that the Titans lost that game because of the refs. Those calls did hurt. Yeah, sure. But the Titans, I mean, they shouldn't he, have been in the, in the position for that call to hurt as bad as it did. Yes. Yes. And I, I'll go going back to the cop reference. It's, have you seen the other guys? Will Ferrell? Sure. It, the Titans yeah. are like dancing. I, first Highsmith. of all, I, I I love you making movie references and. Uh, but do you remember yeah. dancing and Highsmith, Dwayne the Rock Johnson and Samuel L. Jackson, the two cops? They were the top cops. Yeah. They, they would bust all all sorts of criminals. 
but they also jumped off a building into uh, onto the concrete and died. The Titans right. are dancing in Highsmith. That's they're the gonna Chiefs. go up against the big guys. They're gonna take down the big guys, but at the mm-hmm. end of the day, there's gonna be they just lack that that killer instinct almost, and they're gonna jump off the building and die like they did See, against and, Kansas City. And why did they jump off that building? Because they got real cocky, right? Mm-hmm. They thought they That's were the that's the Chiefs. The Chiefs do that. Hell, the Chiefs did that against the Bengals in the playoffs last year. The Bengals were are the Chiefs were popping off over five yards a carry against the Bengals in the first half of uh, the playoffs last year. Because remember, the Bengals like they're they're not the best like run defense last year, but and for whatever reason, the Chiefs were popping off rushing yards against the Bengals. I think because they were protecting against the pass so well, and for whatever reason, in that second half, the Chiefs abandoned the run. For for whatever reason, against the they Titans on Sunday run. night, they haven't been able to run the football for as long as Mahomes has been there. I yeah. mean, that's been the, that's been a real weakness. Well, for well them. they they can run the football, they just don't. They choose not to. And it like Pacheco didn't even had like a, a single carry. I think on on Sunday night, Clyde Edwards Hilaire has disappeared before our eyes. I mean, it's a it's, Houdini act. They just don't run the football, so that makes their offense one dimensional, which it shouldn't be. But for whatever, they get cocky because they know they can. They can pick up 20 yards through the air with a snap of their fingers. And for whatever reason, the Titans, the, the or like the Titans exploit like completely on their. And I think that their pass rush helps with that. Their front four, especially, but they, the Titans get in the chief's head and the chiefs get frustrated because they go into the game thinking, Oh, we can beat this Titans defense. You know, the bills dominated this Titans defense. We can surely do better than what the bills did. And they go out and they start, you know, in the, their opening drive, they march right down the field, but then their opening drive stalled. They only got three points. And that's the thing. That's the thing about the Titans. Like they, they bend, don't break, you know, Patrick Mahomes had, uh, or they had like what? 499 yards of total offense. Oh, the they, did. they had a million yards. Yeah. But. Right. But, but they only had 20 points to show for it. So like that right there should just tell you what this Titans defense is all about. They bend, don't break. And they, they, they get, they allow the chiefs to get cocky and, and then, and then the chiefs can't produce anything. So all this to say, if they meet up in January, I feel much better about meeting them in January now after seeing what happened on Sunday night I with agree. a backup quarterback with two-thirds of their starting wide receiver. And you got that chip on your shoulder from the loss early the in the season. You have the chip in the shoulder. Like uh, I, I'm just saying, like I feel much better about a Titans-Chiefs matchup now, this week, even with the loss, than I did going into the game on Sunday. And I just think that's where we should be at as a collective with Titans fans. Um, yeah. So again, I don't, I, I, I hate to harp on it, on it too much, but here's the last thing I've got to say about this Titans defense, which was incredible. They put together, a, I, I've seen the word epic performance thrown around. I like that. It was epic. Here's the problem. In the last nine minutes and 54 seconds of regulation, The Chiefs ran 28 plays. Nine minutes, 54 seconds. The Chiefs ran 28 plays. In that time span, the last pretty much 10 minutes of the ballgame, the Titans had the ball for just one minute and 22 seconds. You have the ball for one minute and 22 seconds in the last 10 minutes of the fourth quarter. Derrick Henry can't ice games when you don't have the ball. I mean, And then you put that defense that's gassed, that's been on the field for the entire fourth quarter, Immediately back on the field in overtime, the right. Chiefs run 13 plays and they still hold Kansas City to a field goal. Yeah. What a 
freaking job, dude. I mean, that deep, mm-hmm. that, that's that's one of the best defensive performance I've ever seen the Titans play. And it and people people won't remember it because it was a loss and they gave up 20 points. But that was the best effort I've seen from any defense all season long. I, I would argue that's one of the best efforts we've seen from a Titans defense. I mean, maybe since last year against the Chiefs, honestly, <laughs> yeah. when they held them to three points. But uh, but oh, like for whatever reason, this defense plays incredible against the Chiefs. And it was great. I Derrick Henry went around, shook every defensive player's hands after the game. And, you know, basically, great. basically apologize, you know, saying, hey, thank you. Thank you for and, how hard that- you guys worked. Derrick Henry's evolved as a leader so much. Not only is he more vocal now, but he's doing things like that in the locker room. He he knows where he stands inside the building. And one more thing about that defense. We've been worried about the pass all year long, right? Young corners, unestablished sure. players, dudes filling in. Christian Fulton and Roger oh McCreary balled yeah. out. I got balled worried. Out. I got worried seeing Christian Fulton jump that one uh, pass to Travis Kelsey so well. He jumped it so well. I was like, I was scared. I was like, they're going to get him with a double move later on in the game. Mm-hmm. They never got him with a double move later on in the game. I don't even know if they thought to get him with a double move later on in the game. It was incredible how well these this young these young corners were 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 jumping routes and and just playing. And Christian Fulton, it was incredible. Christian Fulton was everything that we we expected him to be and more on Sunday night. It was awesome to see. I lied about the last thing. There is one last thing. Traylon Burks has been activated off the injured reserve, which opens his 21-day practice window up. Yep. If yep. he's not able to practice in those 21 days, he's out for the season. But I think that he's getting close to coming back. This is exactly what happened to Elijah Molden last week, so he's logged a few practices. You know, Traylon Burks is, is now able to practice. The Titans are getting healthy. They're, they're finally getting healthy, and the Traylon Burks thing is a huge deal because there are seven players in the NFL – that have caught more passes than the entire Titans wide receiver room. Seven yeah. players in the NFL. One of them's a running back in Austin Eckler. So getting, <laughs> getting Traylon Burks back is huge for this team. And I, I I just wait for Tannehill. I think he's dealing with an ankle injury that's going to keep him out probably another game or two. I, I mean, two, I, I really do. I, two guys who are going to help this offense and and even special teams, uh, Traylon Burks and Kyle Phillips, if if and when Kyle Phillips can come back. I I was going to say another thing. Kyle Phillips obviously is huge to this team as well. Uh, just him being available, you know, you, you don't have to run out Cody Hollister as much, hopefully. Um, but everyone's mad at Conley and NWI for not making plays down the field. I'm 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 one of those. I'm I'm not mad at NWI, uh, and not just because he's an uncle on this podcast and we love him with all our heart, but uh, because I, I I'm not I'm mad at. I, let me say this: I'm mad at Conley for his play. Conley should have caught that. That is a catch you have to have. It literally went through his arms. I know Against he's diving. Your former team diving. It's a tough angle, right? And Conley. I mean, look. What are you? I I I have a theory that he's a sleeper cell for the Kansas City Chiefs. <laughs> um, we can get into that in a later date. Maybe we maybe we make a spinoff podcast episode where it's just Titans conspiracy theories. That's what would be episode one. Um. <laughs> and and I was also reminded that that Conley was the uh, Georgia wide receiver who made that Star Wars fan fiction film. Do you remember that? I don't Back remember that coming out. Coming out of college, I do remember him at Georgia. If you ever get a chance, look up Chris Conley's Star Wars fan fiction film. It is one of the best 
like fan fiction anything like the the effects in it are better than most hollywood films uh it's it's incredible and <laughs> so random <laughs> yeah it is so chris conley huge star wars guy and i feel like there was big star wars news this past weekend which is probably why he was a little distracted um, yeah the, the force was definitely not with him in kansas no they it was it was not indeed um, but here's another thing though like you want to get mad at conley and you want to get mad at nwi nwi's catch is a little harder to go all the way over the back of a chief's defender it's a catch that you know, number one, number two receivers in the league make. Sure, but yes. NWI but it, is not a number one or number two receiver. He is playing that role because John Robinson sat on his damn hands this offseason and made the worst trade in franchise history. I mean, that's what I'm going to call it right now because at the moment it, it looks like the worst trade in franchise history. I know. Let's I call know. a spade a spade. But my question is where's Robert Woods? Bobby Trees. There's been a deforestation. I mean, seriously, Robert Woods disappeared on Sunday night. No yeah. catches. He's the guy they're paying. It's counting $13 million against the cap this year. And he really hasn't impressed me outside of a, a game early on in the season where he went for, uh, you know, a couple big catches in the first half. But where's Robert Woods? We're, we were told that, you know, Robert Woods was going to come in and, you know, really help diversify this offense. You know, they they, they can use him on end rounds, gadget plays, down the field. He's yeah. a great route runner. I haven't seen that yet. I, Robert Woods, with guys out like Traylon Burks, he's the one that needs to step up. You can be mad at NWI and Conley all you want, but at the end of the day, seven or excuse me, thirty-two teams passed seven times on NWI. He went undrafted. Chris Conley's on his third team this season. Like yeah. these aren't guys it's, that are supposed to to be counted on. It's, Robert it's Woods fresh. is. It's frustrating indeed, and it does. Yeah, the deforestation is real. It feels uh, very much like uh, the what nineteen ninety two film Fern Gully, which I know you. Uh, there's that's not even on your radar. You no chance. No you never even heard that word Fern Gully. But uh, Hexus is killing off Bobby Trees somehow, and it 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 really hurts. Robin Williams does the voice of the bat in that movie. It's great. And, uh, Tim Curry does the voice of Hexus. So, um, but yeah, it is, it is, it is not in a good spot and it's, it's frustrating. Yes. The, the frustration should be put towards, put towards John Robinson. And however, I'm, maybe this is too soon, but I kind of, I'm, I, I feel like we're ready for this. I think we need to lock the key and throw it away on the entire A.J. Brown trade. We all agree, one of the worst trades in Titans franchise history because, because not just because that they traded away one of their best, uh, their best players, but because they got so little in return. That's where my frustration lies with the bet. I don't. I'm not frustrated that they they traded him away. Would I like him to be in two tone blue this year? Of course, but. We can play this game over and over and over again, but the results are still the same. He wasn't coming back to the Titans. He wouldn't even go to the negotiation table with the Titans. He 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 did not want to be in Nashville anymore, and he wanted out. The Titans had to trade him, like they they, or else they're not. You're not getting anything for him. Like you're you had to get something for him. They I wish they would have gotten more for him, but it is they what it their- is. They lost their leverage. I mean, he wanted I, out. I, like he wanted out. Exactly. Right. Like they had. But like, nothing... it, it hurts because that's the guy they're missing from being a yes, Super Bowl. That contender. that is a the true guy Super that Bowl would contender. truly make this offense this year. Yes, he would make this offense a million times and better. J. Rob won't double down. Uh, he's not going to go back in and and you know trade for a receiver at the deadline, which was a mistake because they desperately needed one. Because 
What does that look like? Well, it looks like he's admitting that he lost the A.J. Brown trade, and Traylon Burks isn't enough for A.J. Brown. So he, his stubbornness hurt the Titans at the deadline. Well, and I, we, don't know, we don't know if, the, if calls were made. I'm sure calls were made, and asking prices were probably high. Uh, what Brandon Cooks with the Texans didn't get moved anywhere because I think the asking price was too high. And with not a ton of wide receivers on the block, you there weren't many, like, there you're not – the asking prices are going to be high for guys like Brandon Cooks, like for for guys that normally shouldn't have high asking prices. Supply and so, demand. I yeah, exactly. So, nice, great economics lesson there, right there. Um, the, I'm glad you got that better than my Fern Gully reference. So I th- that I'm I'm just ready, and I've I've I'm just kind of got, we all agree the AJ Brown trade, but we. I don't want to keep bringing it up. I don't want to keep talking about how to. we don't have to, it, but, it, but that, like the, the, the no, but, no, my, my point is, you, this don't, be mad you. At, don't be mad at NWI and Conley. Like, yes, look, look higher. Look at, I Jay. agreed. Uh, I agree with that take. And this isn't at you, Jack. This is at all Titans fans. We all are talking about AJ Brown, this AJ Brown, that, and then sure enough, it gets brought up on Sunday night football and AJ Brown tweets about it. And that only angers us more. And it's like, AJ Brown is a dick now. AJ Brown is a, is a <laughs> he is he's a douchebag, and for a AJ franchise Brown sucks now. You're for right. a for AJ Brown for a for a franchise that went out of their way to support a guy who was going through some really dark mental things, and I'm not making light of this at all. He went to, through some dark places when in his during his time in Nashville, and the Titans had his back all the way through, and for him to now be on a winning team. Be, get traded, be on a winning team, and 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 to literally spit in the faces—not literally, figuratively—spit in the faces of of the Titans franchise via his tweets that are probably all now deleted. That is that 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 tells me like I'm glad he's not a Titan anymore. Screw I'm, that guy. Screw dude. that guy. Like I don't want I don't want someone like that. I don't want to cheer for someone like that. He's a dick. He's a diva. He's a douchebag. AJ Brown is a douchebag. <laughs> he's he's definitely uh, rubbing the Titans' faces in it a little bit. But look, and I, like like screw him. I'm I'm so done with the whole. Oh man, I wish we had AJ Brown. I do. Yeah, like that would having his talent would be nice. But having AJ Brown constantly like on Twitter. More than he is in the film room, probably. No, you forget that when he scores take, but... three touchdowns in the first half. Though. Of course. But look, of course. It's, it's reality. We've got to move on from A.J. Brown. I don't want to talk about A.J. Brown anymore on this podcast, um, at least today, because we've got Nick Suss coming up. We're going to talk about the Broncos game. We're going to move past this Chiefs loss as best we can. Probably we'll never yeah. move on from it, but we're going to try. Nick Suss is going to help us there. Nick Suss took Ben Arthur's place at the Tennessean. Ben Arthur now covering the AFC South. Um, Nick Suss is awesome, Perfect. by the way. I uh, I actually, this little introduction for Nick Suss, he's new to the area, new new to uh, Titans fans. I covered Ole Miss basketball for the school newspaper um, while Nick Suss was at the Clarion Ledger in college. So that's, the, that's kind of the familiarity we've got with him. And he's a hilarious guy. He knows what he's talking about. So uh, I can't wait to talk Broncos with him. But before I do that, I've got to talk about BetMGM. New users, there's a great deal for you guys. Look, this month, you download BetMGM app. If you're tired of your old sports book, if it's too difficult, you've had bad luck on it, want to switch things up, want to get a free play to start doing it, download BetMGM. 
Use promo code A to Z Sports. A T O Z Sports. That'll get you a, a risk-free bet up to one thousand dollars. Risk-free up to one thousand dollars. Bet it on whatever you'd like. Bet bet against the Chiefs. Bet on the Titans. Bet against the Titans. Whatever you're feeling, it's all risk-free. It's there for you to win money. So new users, make sure you download the BetMGM app or sign up and make an account if you don't already have it on your phone. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 plus. Tennessee only. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. For problem gambling support, call the Tennessee Red Line at 800-889-9789. And now let's get the next line. Stoked to be welcoming a new uncle to the family tree, uh, a guy who is now, uh, I guess, kind of uh, new to the uh, to the job as Titans beat writer for the Tennessee and filling in for our old uncle's uh, uh, title with Ben Arthur, Ben Arthur's old gig. He's now an AFC South reporter for Fox Sports. Uh, guys, follow him on Twitter at Nick Suss. That's S-U-S-S. He is, of course, Nick Suss. Nick, dude, how are you, man? I am. I'm a little sleepy, but I'll yeah. but I'll give you I'll give you like seven and a half, eight out of ten, and on, <laughs> on the goodness scale. That's fine. That's that that's much better than Jack and I for sure. Yeah. Um, no, I I told myself years ago that I would always answer that question honestly, and it works never at like grocery stores when the <laughs> cashier is just like, "How are you?" and I'm like, six out of ten. Nice. <laughs> okay. Sure. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks yeah, for that's sharing. Honest. Right. No, I, I like that. I respect that. Now, Nick, you and uh, Jack have at one point uh, worked together for a little bit. Yeah. What do you have like a, a, a nickname or anything that you like <laughs> d- that you refer to Jack as? I don't think so. Do I? No, hopefully not. I don't know. So I, I, I guess not. You just you just call him. Jack. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, that works. That's going to be Coach Jack, Nick. I, okay. I, need, I need Coach. Have you not learned? Have you not learned yet, Nick? <laughs> no, I, I just am I'm really good at pretending I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Nick, it, it's it's funny because, well, it, it's not funny. It was kind of unfair. Um, Deion, very unfair. You, Deion, Deion Nick, Sanders, you came out on top. So, so well, thank you. So, so Nick used to work at the Clarion Ledger in Mississippi. Um, he was covering. He was he was doing a great job bringing light to what Deion Sanders was doing at Jackson State at the time. This was early on when Deion got there, and um, Nick referred to him as Dion, and Dion walked out of the press conference. He wanted to be called Coach Prime. Said Nick Saban doesn't let people call him Nick, which is also false. You're up. Hey, Dion, I was just wondering if you could... Uh, oh, hold on, let's back up a little bit. You don't call Nick Saban Nick. Don't call me Dion now, okay? Let's I call go. Nick Saban Nick. Yeah, you don't. No, you don't. No, you don't. That's a lie. <laughs> you, if you call Nick Nick, you know you get cussed out on the spot. So don't do that to me. Treat me like Nick. Okay, Dion. <laughs> um, right. Just... Uh... You going toe-to-toe and being like, you don't call Coach Saban Nick. You can go, yes, I do. <laughs> So uh, just, uh, well done, man. 
a fun fact for you is I have never talked about this publicly and you guys aren't getting the exclusive. So that's the story. Okay. <laughs> all right. Okay. Well, thank you. okay. well look, that's as close as we're going to get. We'll take it. We will take it, Nick. No, Nick, no. I, uh, I truly enjoyed my time in Mississippi and I'm glad to be here. But yeah, five years at the Clarion Ledger before I got here covering everything from Ole Miss to Mississippi State to Jackson State to Southern Miss. So if you ever need somebody to tell you about obscure Waffle Houses and McDonald's on the side of I-55 in Mississippi, I, I got stories. Oh my gosh, I might, I might actually take you. I might actually take you up on that. To be honest with you, yeah, Austin's actually a monster Waffle House guy. I love That's Waffle his number House. Number one go to. I yeah. grew up in a I grew up in a town in Georgia where, and this is not an exaggeration, there was a Waffle House on both sides of our highway exit, so you didn't have to make a U turn. Oh, so, I love that. So yeah, no, it's it's part of my culture very much. <laughs> okay, it's not Good. why the tie is yellow, but we can pretend. Nick, I know you just arrived in Nashville. You were telling us before we uh, started recording that um, first week on the job was pretty busy. Had to drive yeah. three hours from Shelbyville to uh, cover the team that you were hired to cover. Um, so now that you're settled in here, what have you noticed? One week on the job, two weeks on the job. What, what, what can you tell us about this Titans team right now as, as you see it? I don't know if you guys have noticed, but they run the ball a lot. They yeah. do. They yeah. sure yeah. do. They, they uh, it seems sure, to be there. they sure like to run downhill. I, I give them credit. They <laughs> for a team that is limited in what they can do, they are much better than teams limited this way should be. Like I, I wrote about this on Sunday, and you guys can find it at the Tennessean. But like the fact that this team took the Chiefs to overtime while completing five passes and not being able to find a receiver and being on the field defensively for 91 plays plus penalties and all of that stuff. And it was tied at 17, despite having one first down in the second half, just everything you can check. That is a testament to there is either glitter up this team's butt or they're really good. And I, I don't know, I've been here a week and a half, but I'm tending to think towards that's a really good defense and that's a really good running game. And they can control the game in ways that, most teams can't. And a lot of professional football, a lot of college football is being able to invoke your will, being able to play the game the way you want to play it. And though the Titans might not be stylistically the best team and certainly talent wise aren't the most well-rounded team, they're as good at asserting their will as any team in football. And that's going to take you at least to the playoffs, you'd have to think. Yeah, well, and, and for how like blue collar that this team is, I I can all but guarantee it's not glitter up their ass because I, I don't yeah. even know if they'd know where to buy glitter, honestly. <laughs> no, it's, I mean, it's it's remarkable just how this team and I mean Vrabel said it on Monday, and it's it's a line that you can dissect a hundred different ways about well, nobody's blaming anybody else. Nobody on the sideline is walking around saying, Oh, well, the offense should be getting first downs. Why aren't they doing this? Why aren't they doing that? And you can bring up, well, if you're saying nobody's saying it, that kind of means you think somebody should be saying it. But you can also point out that's proof that this team is a team. And I don't love to talk about the intangible stuff. I'm, I'm more of a numbers guy, more of an analytics guy. I like proving what we can prove and there's no way to prove, well, they got grit, they got toughness. Like that's just something you have to observe and understand and, and fundamentally believe it's, it's a faith-based argument, but there is a faith-based argument with this team. They do fundamentally trust each other. And, and that has kept them together through, I mean, two seasons now of extremely terrible injury luck plus, mm. Uh, everything else that's gone on on the team, just uh, talent depletion wise through free agency and trades. They're 
still together and they're still winning more games than they're losing. And that's, that's a testament to the, to the culture. So you mentioned Rabel said he wasn't going to blame anybody. Obviously, you know, that's kind of the culture he's, he's created here in Tennessee since he arrived in 2018. But Nick, for you who just arrived, like, uh, again, we've already mentioned a, a week or two ago, who would you blame for the Titans shortcomings against Kansas city? I, I really don't think that there's one person but i'll say that the receiving core was the low point i'll, mm-hmm. I'll say that much and i i don't think the offensive line did a particularly good job of pass protecting so i think that you kind of have to share the load there but i mean did you guys see the separation numbers from oh less than a yard yeah 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 now is I mean, that would you say that's that is that on the wide receivers themselves which i think is partly but is that not more like a, a downing thing is it not it like a, a how absolutely could be drawn up yeah, I mean, separation is tricky. I talked to Robert Woods about it today, and he was like, yeah, I mean, some of it could be us getting off the ball faster. Some of it could be the offense. Some of it could be pure exposure. If you're only running routes on 14 or 15 plays the entire game, it's going to be skewed downwards. And that's the thing I think Malik Willis has done a good job of pointing out after that Texans game when people kept asking him about, oh, you missed that throw to Chig. Oh, what happened on that throw to Chig? And after a while, Willis was just like, look, I threw 10 passes. If I miss one pass, in a game I throw 35, you're not going to remember it. If I miss one throw on a game I throw 10, you're going to yeah. dissect everything. And uh, the receiving core issues, the pass blocking issues, the Willis issues, downing issues, all of that's exposure. If you're running, what they run, 53 plays, 52 plays in a game that went to overtime against Kansas City, that's mm-hmm. remarkably low. Like Kansas City ran 91. <laughs> and obviously you're not going to go toe-to-toe with an offense like that, but you're supposed to be the ball control team. You're supposed to be the grinded out team. And the Chiefs were the team out there having this 10, 11, 12 play drives. And the Titans were going three and out a lot. And when it wasn't three and out, it was Derrick Henry runs 60 yards, gets you into the red zone, and then you scuffle forward until you, you score. It's not really the same six yards, six yards, six yards churn kind of offense that the Titans were winning with the last couple of years. And again, some of that's downing, some of that's injuries, some of that's the receiving core, some of that's the offensive line, which goes back and forth to injuries. There's so many culprits. It's not like you can just point at Dave and be like, it's Dave's fault. Dave did it. (laughs) Blame Dave. Like, damn Dave. There's 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 so much that goes into football, and I know that I'm not exactly breaking news here, being the first person ever. Hey, you ever heard football's a complicated sport with a lot of <laughs> intermingled pieces? Like we all know this intuitively that football's hard, but sometimes we have to remind ourselves that even though these are the pros, even though these are the best people in the world, the top one percent of the top one percent, it's still really hard to be good at it. When the Titans play the powers of not just the AFC but really the NFL, they always seem to you know play games like they did against the Chiefs. The Bills game early in the season was a bit of an, an, an anomaly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But, um, you know, Rabel's teams, like you mentioned, they, they can win in ways that no other teams in the NFL really are familiar with or comfortable with. Running the football, relying on their defense, taking care of the ball. Um, you know, in a pass-happy NFL nowadays, you see, you know, the Chiefs and the Bills and the Eagles are everybody's Super Bowl picks um, with quarterbacks and wide receivers that can make big plays down the field. But – with that being said, do you think that this Titans team, which just took Mahomes to overtime and really should have won it in regulation if it weren't for, you know, an iffy offense or defensive pass interference call or, or a holding call um, late in the game, do, do you feel like they can still give these teams a, running, a run for their money in the playoffs? Yeah, I, I mean, everybody knows that when it gets colder, it's going to get easier for the Titans. As the elements get harsher, as there's more wind and sleet and snow, it's going to be easier for the running teams. And mm-hmm. I think that still sets up well 
for the Eagles, a team you mentioned that loves running the ball, but in the AFC, it's the Bills who are very pass happy, the Beefs who are very pass happy. The Ravens are going to run well in the postseason. I, I don't think that's going to surprise anybody. And then we'll see what the wild card shapes out to be. It's teams like the Chargers who throw it a ton, the Dolphins who throw it a ton. The, the Titans are kind of an anomaly, as you mentioned, in the AFC right now, not just in the ability to run the ball, but the ability not to throw the ball. It's, it's very much a, a lot of teams only throw the ball in the AFC. Some teams have completely gone away from the run. Um, I think they'll be able to compete. I just think it's getting harder now. You don't have the tiebreaker against the Chiefs. You don't have the tiebreaker against the Bills. You're going to have to play on the road after that first round. Almost certainly, uh, you'd think you're going to be the three or four seed and probably have to go on the road from there. And that that just makes it tougher. It's going to be tricky. It's going to be complicated. But I think that the only thing that's going to stand in this team's way is one dimensionality is can they play from behind? Cause I, I trust the defense. I trust the running game. What I don't necessarily trust is this ability, this team's ability to go fast. And that, that's, that's going to be something they have to sort out. Do the Titans win on Sunday if Ryan Tannehill starts? Yeah, I think so. I, the, the Broncos are a team that it's weird. The, the bias that we all have, Oh, sorry. I, two- I I meant I meant, oh, against, oh, the, the I meant against the Chiefs. Yeah, yeah. Oh, but but then let's but then let's parlay that into the Broncos uh, this Sunday. Chiefs game, maybe. I, I don't know. I think that they'd probably have had a little bit more consistent of an offense. But I think that the two drives they scored on were the two drives where they did the most of what Willis is good at. So it's hard to say if you run the exact same game plan and. Mm-hmm. Flip it out. Maybe the second half goes smoother, but the first half would have been a lot less smooth. So the game plan would have shifted. Who knows what would have happened against the Broncos? Uh, guys, we have this weird confirmation bias with that team because the two times they've played in primetime, they have been terrible. They have been pretty okay to above average, not in those two games, but the two times everybody's watched the Broncos, they have been horrible. So everybody's right. expecting, oh, this is the team that couldn't move the ball against the Colts. This was that ugly game that we watched against, who was it, San Francisco on Monday night yeah. or something? Like, those were brutally bad games. The other games, if you've watched them, they've been okay. I'm not saying they've been world beaters. They haven't been the 2001 Rams or whatever, but they, they've been good. And they have a top ranked defense they they have the number one pass defense in the nfl i think number two scoring defense or something along those lines they they've played well defensively this year and they've made enough plays i think they're top 10 in a 20 plus yard plays offensively they 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 hit the right notes so you get Tannehill back or you get willis back it's still a team that they gave up 145 rushing yards to Josh Jacobs and I think 155 to Travis Etienne. If Henry can hit those big plays, can hit those runs, there's going to be avenues for the Titans to slow the game down and do what they like to do. But it's one of those games where both teams' strengths kind of align with the other team's strengths. And that's always more fun than when it's strength on weakness because then it's just you run it up. Now you kind of got to figure out the, the strategy of number one red zone zone offense versus number one red zone defense top 10 defense versus top 10 rushing offense all that stuff it's fun you you don't know what's going to happen but i i think that if the titans offense loses that one dimensionality that i mentioned it's going to be it's going to be better i i don't think they're going to throw for 130 yards in two games again i mean that's what willis has done 135 yards in two games i think Tannehill can do that in a half if he comes back but do you do you lose 
the ability to just grind teams out with the run like Henry has. Yeah, it's a fair question. And, you know, what make what may make things easier for Henry and for this running, you know, rushing attack, whether Malik Willis is in there or Tannehill, um, Bradley Chubb was just traded away from Denver to the Miami Dolphins. Yeah. How much does that help the Titans on Sunday? Oh, it helps when the other team doesn't have its best pass rusher, especially when. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, that's fair. yeah, the Titans know I, that damn well uh, with Harold Landry being out this year. Yeah, yeah I, so I think what are the Titans? 31st out of 32 in the NFL in sacks allowed per play. They've they've put a lot of pressure on their quarterbacks, and that is no one person's fault. Again, injuries and scheme and everything that's happened, and Malik Willis kind of being somebody who scrambles around a lot. So he's going to take more sacks because of how mobile he is. That's just a product of the the strategy. And that kind of inflated the numbers the last couple of weeks. But if you've got Dennis Daly starting and, and a rookie at right tackle and a couple of moving pieces with injuries uh, at guard with guys who are limited in practice this week. Yeah. Uh, it's going to alleviate a lot of the stress, but if, if the question is, do you start Malik Willis, who is prone to taking sacks because of how much he scrambles? Or do you start Ryan Tannehill, who is in danger of re-injuring an injury that, I mean, ankle injuries, I'm sure you guys know this, aren't things that just are better or worse. They are such gradual injuries, and he's probably going to be dealing with this four or five weeks into returning. It's just a matter of how much can he move. And not having Bradley Chubb on the other side is going to make it a lot easier to protect that ankle if he's in there. Well, what do you think about Ryan Tannehill's ankle? He's missed two games, and, you know, high ankle sprains tend to last a month, month and a half. Uh, you know, every ankle injury is different, obviously. But for Tannehill, who is more mobile than most people give him credit for, yeah. I mean, that's a big part of what he does back there and why this Titans offense, um, you know, works. So how close do you think Tannehill is to returning, and will the Titans risk an early return when, you know, the AFC South is, I mean, it's pretty wrapped up? I think you kind of have to play him at a certain point just to know what he can do. And I was watching him in practice today and he looked fine. Like, I'm not going to say he was out there doing gassers or anything. He wasn't sprinting. He was jogging. He was putting pressure on it. He was throwing and he didn't seem impeded, but I don't think we're going to see him with a pass rush in his face until he comes back. And whether that's this Sunday or whether that's Thursday against the Packers or whether that's after Thanksgiving. I, I mean, none of us know except for Tannehill and the training staff. That's going to be up to them. But I don't think you sit him out for too long because, again, like you said, the high ankle sprain, month and a half, two months, he's going to be feeling the effects of it. He's either going to play through it or he's going to miss six weeks. And can the Titans afford to – the schedule's pretty brutal after this. Oh, yeah. I know that I know that the Packers have been down this year, but that's – still not an easy place to win in Lambeau. And then you got the Eagles and you got the Bengals and you got the Chargers. You've got some really good teams down the stretch. And if you have the ability to play your best guys, you play your best guys for that. Mm -hmm. Now let's continue talking about uh, what they talk about on my favorite fashion podcast boots. Uh, Jeffrey Simmons uh, was seen in a walking boot today. First of all, did you see him in a walking I boot? I did. I did. You can did. confirm that. Okay. So I, can I can tell you, I did see that. Okay, so uh, first of all, should we be worried? <laughs> should we be worried about Jeffrey Simmons in a walking boot? Because it's—I feel like when we saw first we saw Ryan Tannehill in a walking boot, we were like, okay, but he'll probably still play Sunday, and then he didn't, and then he didn't play the next Sunday, and we could be looking at a third straight Sunday where he's not playing. What about Jeffrey Simmons? Is it the same thing? Are we? I, I saw that he he got hurt again on Sunday in a different injury, so. Where are we at with Jeffrey Simmons? 
I mean, first, I think that we need to acknowledge that you and me and the ghost of hockey legend, hockey legend Gordie Howe were all on the injury report this week. That's so true. That is true. There, there I, is yeah. a lot of precaution going on. Well, it's my lower back, there, so it's been yeah. it's been nagging me. So that's why. <laughs> yeah. Mainly. No, and Gordy's going to play through it. But but anyway, sure. th- there there were 15 guys on the injury report. 16, if you count Tory Carter coming back from injury, and it's it's a lot. It's a lot of defensive players. They were on the field for almost 100 snaps. They're all work working through something. It's the same injury for Jeff Simmons. And I don't know if he re-aggravated it. We talked to him after the game and he pretty much said, look, I got to get healthy. I, I, I got to get healthy. And if that means taking a week to truly heal, we'll see if he does it. I, the The good news for the Titans is guys like, like Danico Autry and Tier Tart have looked really good the last couple of weeks and they could probably survive one game without Simmons. The bad news, Danico Autry and Tier Tart were both on the injury report as well. So Again, it's the whole defense right now. Everybody's going through something. Zach Cunningham's going through something. Amani Hooker, Christian Fulton, everybody's banged up. Bud Dupree. I mean, there is a chance that six, seven guys could take this entire week off and play on Sunday. There's a chance that all of them could be back on Thursday. Uh, I would think that Simmons doesn't practice this week. From there, it's up to him. It's up to the coaches to see if him hurt is worth playing. And I'd say when he was playing against the Texans, him hurt, he was the best player on the field. When he was playing against the Chiefs, him hurt. I thought he was kind of a non-factor that game. I thought he was nowhere near the same burst, the same disruptiveness that that he has in previous games. So is that the injury wearing on him or was that good scheming by the Chiefs? We don't know. But yeah, I'd say that he is going to be questionable at best is, is the best way to put it. You know, but him playing, even him playing like at, at 50% or something, you know, like he was, you know, say against the, the Chiefs, he still commands double teams. He still commands sure. a lot of attention, right? Sure. But again, if teams aren't running the ball and teams are throwing the ball quick, the defensive tackle is probably not the most important position to worth grit, uh, risk gritting it out through injury. So right. the, the Broncos are a team that goes down hill a little bit more than the chiefs but they're still not a grind it down your throat team so it comes down to risk mitigation it comes down to what do you need from your defensive front and if bud dupree is not playing and if tart is sick and if dini coachery is working through something and kevin strong's working through something and your entire defensive line is hurt you're gonna have to make some choices guys are gonna have to play through play through some things that's obvious but if it's jeff simmons if it's a game against the Broncos, I'm not saying you can afford to miss a game. I'm not going to try and contradict what I just said about Tannehill 25 seconds ago, but <laughs> yeah, right. it is it is a situation where he can miss one if he needs to. Getting him healthy, if one game will do it, is a priority. If one game won't do it, he's just going to have to play hurt. You can always line Randy Bullock up over center too. He, uh, he that is commands, true. He commands. He would be a great defensive there. tackle. Yeah. But you know, Nick, Space Eater. for a team, yeah, Space Eater, you know, for, for a team who uh, for two years has been the most injured team in football, um, it really makes sense to, you know, build a new stadium with a turf field, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> you, you caught me with that one. Um, man, I don't know. There, there is something in the water, I guess, something yeah. in the ligaments. It, it's, it's just tremendously unlucky. And again, I'm the first person to, keep credit upon the coaching staff and the leaders for keeping the team together through all those injuries. But man, it's, it's remarkable at this point what this team's been able to fight through. Last question from me. Are you going to call coach Rabel coach Rabel or are you, are you going with Mike in press conferences? Mm, good what, question. Have you made that will, decision yet? 
let me just say this. There is a difference between Zoom press conferences and in-person press conferences. <laughs> yeah. When you are in person, you do not say anybody's name regardless. When you're on Zoom, you don't know what to do because you're addressing somebody and yeah. not formality in press conferences. Right. Sorry, was that, that was it break, did it breaking news? Or do we have to uh, stop the presses, as they used to say in the newspaper world? Just an email about an email. Oh, oh, oh man, I thought we had like good okay. like Jeff Simmons or know, out this week. Or I'm lying. Oh, OK. <laughs> Which right. one is it? Uh, you know, for the sake <laughs> of this podcast, let's say you're lying. Let's say there's breaking news that is about to come out. Stay tuned to uh, the Tennessean for more coverage on that um nick my last question for you since it is broncos week obviously we all know russ wilson he's gotten a lot of attention most of it negative which has been hilarious for content creators like us he one of the those things that has created uh, a lot of the negative uh press in terms of i guess just his overall image and appearance was his subway commercial where he was talking about the new Danger Witch. So, in honor of that Danger Witch commercial from Subway, I got to ask you, Nick, you ever done anything dangerous? No. No, I haven't. Hmm. Uh, you're talking to somebody who waited till his literal 21st birthday to drink alcohol for the first time. I am what, a drink? lame person. What Ooh. alcohol would you go with? I think my first beer was a Newcastle, which was a bad choice, but my friend was British and talked me into it. Okay. <laughs> um, and so then I think my second one was a Budweiser and it was fine. Mm -hmm. Okay. And I don't really drink still and oh, okay. I don't smoke. And every year from the first day of SEC Media Days through the Super Bowl, I quit caffeine and I don't really do much other than watch sitcoms and talk about jeopardy so <laughs> I, I guess sometimes i'm dangerous when i overwager on a daily double yeah sure but well to quote to quote uh russ wilson ooh, that is dangerous yeah no and, and if you guys if you guys have opinions about the ongoing jeopardy tournament of champions tweet at me uh, at nick sus and i will there we go. probably not see it but but thank you for spitting into the wind of twitter <laughs> Of course. Yeah. Well, are you are you worried at all about losing your verification um, I, with uh, with with the changes made to the uh, blue check mark? I, I didn't notice for like three weeks when I got verified. So I'm a, okay. I'm a really observant reporter who's really good okay. at muckraking and all that stuff. So, no, I mean, it, there was once a parody Nick Suss account. Uh, I was going to say I could I really? could just create a Nick Suss account, pay yeah. for Twitter Blue, and get a blue check mark, and then no. completely dupe uh, everyone. Yeah, no, there there was a parody account, and it started fun, and then got really inappropriate, and was taken <laughs> off of Twitter. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I'm not I'm not too concerned about people wanting to mimic okay. me because most of my tweets at this Good. point just say, "Please click on this link so I can get a paycheck." <laughs> <laughs> all right Titans At, fans yeah, you now you know what to do nick sus parody accounts there's not enough yes. of them out there is that one still enough. going is that, is that one still I, alive 
No, it was, I, I'm fairly certain it was an angry Mississippi state fan. And, uh, yeah, probably he, he, he said some things that, um, certain controversial celebrities of our time would have agreed with in the past two weeks. If, <laughs> oh, if wow. I were to, if I were to talk about certain basketball players and rappers. So, okay. um, I, I think we got that one taken down. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, at Nick sauce on Twitter is the real Nick sauce, whether he uh, loses his blue check mark or not, Nick, dude, this is awesome. You, you are awesome. We appreciate you. You 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 give us the intel that we need with the right amount of humor that we we need uh, for this dumb podcast. So we appreciate you taking the time to join us and uh, welcome to the uh, family tree of the uh, Titan Up podcast. Yeah, thank you guys for having me. And if any of your loyal listeners see me on the street, don't hit me. Uh, other than that, yeah, just just don't hit me. Okay. I think that's just a good rule of thumb for anyone. Honestly, yeah, just don't just, hit people. Just don't. Just don't hit. Uh, other <laughs> than that, I, I'm I'm open to to saying right. hello and conversation. Yeah. Just just don't don't no physical contact. Please. It, unless Nick becomes the next quarterback for the Colts, which could be a very real possibility um, next season. So, uh, but yeah, other than that, don't hit him. Okay, Nick. Thank you, man. Thank you, guys. There are no flags on the field. It's a miracle. Tennessee has pulled a miracle. Jack Jimmer say might be a moron. <laughs> might be. <laughs> I was giving him the benefit of the doubt, you know. <laughs> I feel like I, I never want to judge a guy just by a few, and by a few, I mean about 20 ridiculous things he says in an hour-long press conference. Oh, my God. How embarrassing. What a shit show it is in Indianapolis. I, I feel it. like I, mean, I feel like they're punking us. Like, I, I don't want to, like... I don't want to buy into that. Like, I like, what? It's been a cycle did... for the AFC South, and the Titans haven't been involved. I mean, it was the Texans with the Deshaun Watson thing. It was yeah. the Jags with Urban Meyer. Now it's the Colts with Ursay, which the, the yeah. they'll never get away from. Wait, hang on. Does that mean next year this is the Titans' year? Can't be. Can't be. Uh, like, I'm no, like, seriously, though, like the Texans, Deshaun Watson, the next year, Urban Meyer. Yeah, but they all did things that led up to these, you know, horrific happenings well, right the like titans the titans traded away aj brown yeah th th that's okay though i mean rabel's got a culture that's strong enough to outlast i any hope one so player oh, i hope so and, and you, like, you, you saw you saw the you saw the uh, sam phelan tweet where of the 2018 head coaching hires Rabel's the only one that's still around yeah. and he's not only the only one still ha who has his job the only one that has had any success whatsoever. <laughs> yeah, for real. The Colts set up Reich to fail, though. I mean, you think about it, seven quarterbacks in his four-plus seasons as head coach, that's unfair. And you right. have Ursay making the decision to bench Matt Ryan before the season's halfway over. I mean, Reich got railroaded in Indianapolis. Frank Reich is the Marcus Mariota of coaches. You know, so Reich has like, you know, multiple quarterbacks every season. <laughs> yeah. Marcus Mariota had like a different uh, offensive coordinator every season. I love and that. And it was just, it's just set up to fail. It is like, it, there's no way you can succeed with that. Um, I, my favorite, I think my favorite quote from the, um, the Jim Irsay was uh, the Jim Irsay presser introducing Jeff Saturday as the head coach. First coaching job other than a high school coaching job. And he went for three Jeff and Saturday. seven. He went three and seven in high school. Well, you never know, dude. Maybe, maybe now 
you know, there's so much politics in high school football. Oh, now that yeah. he has, he's working with professionals, uh, you know, now Surely with, can... with all of his experience that he has, when he steps to the podium, <laughs> he says that he was shocked. I mean, yeah. what a what a terrible look for him. Not a good opening line. First of all, Jim Irsay's opening line from his entire press conference was, and I quote, uh, uh, we, um, uh, uh, like, I'm not joking. If you go back and watch the press conference, that was his opening line. It was, so un- it was phenomenal. But my favorite line, aside from when he went on to some diatribe about how sausage is made, he goes, I don't know how sausage is made, but I know how to make a winning football team. Bro, dude, check the numbers. You haven't made a winning football team. In maybe like a winning record, sure, but like you haven't won the division even since 2014. You haven't won a game in Jacksonville since 2014. Like, dude, what are you talking about building a winning team? But see, he says, he says he's going off of the numbers. He's my man. You want to talk about living in the past? And up until this season, I would have said he would have Jim Irsay is like a perfect Tennessee volunteer. Uh, but the balls are good this year. Okay, so well, we can't good. we we can't use that reference anymore. But uh. He's he's like, look, we're the fourth winningest franchise in the league since 2000. Hang the that banner, means, Jim. He says that means in the upper quartile of winners, we're in the top quartile of that upper quartile. <laughs> oh, my God. Grasping at straws. You're barely in the upper quartile of your quartile of the AFC. And which and, is and in your own long, division. You're going to be in the bottom quartile of the AFC and in the basement of the AFC South. Look, the good thing out of that came out of this is that Frank Reich's now available. Frank Reich and Mike Vrabel are very close friends. Vrabel said he would reach out to help Reich however you know he needed him. Um, will Reich take an offensive coordinator job? I'm not so sure. I'd bet there's some teams out there that are interested in his services for head coach. I mean, seriously. But if he doesn't get any of those jobs if they've got their guy or they find a guy and Reich is still available. Ooh, it's ooh. a good time to move on from Downing and bring Reich to Tennessee. You th- I wrote a story t- about it at a to z sports.com. You can go check it out, but there I, 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 I kind of draw the connection between the two. It's I, there, there's something that, there. That, I believe so it. much. So I agree. I agree with you. And I would love that. I think obviously Frank Reich is a, he's a, he's an, as an offensive corner, won a damn Super Bowl with a backup quarterback. So I, I like the idea, but so much would have to go into play for that. Oh, I, totally. All the stars. There's not the a chance. There's not a chance that the Titans admit their mistakes and move on from downing. <laughs> there's not a chance that even if they do move on from downing where they they don't hand the keys to Tim Kelly. They, they, I just think think like for them to bring in Frank Reich and to hire him an office, as an offensive coordinator, that would be so much pride swallowing by the Titans. And if if there's one downfall that these the the Titans have, it's it's pride swallowing. They're stubborn to stubborn. a fault, hard headed. Yeah, hard headed, which is but, good. Like, like you if, want hard headed guys, but it's think about it from not Reich's to the level that they have. Think about it from Frank Reich's perspective. He's familiar with every P to, or every key. Hold on, with every piece of this Titans offense. Every and look, he's a, he, every and he is P, familiar key, with every, whatever every Pita. He's familiar every with Pita. all Pita every, bread. Uh, uh, the the people that get mad when you you know when you you harm penguins. Any any Pita out there? It is. It is. But seriously they, though, listen, listen. Frank Frank Rock is familiar with all the pieces to this Titans offense. He sees them twice a year. 
what better way to get back at the Colts than to come join its most hated rival in the AFC South? As I mean, the, we did it to the, the Texans. The like, Texans used to be the they the Texans used to run the South. Remember that? He was I know dealt a terrible hand of cards in Indianapolis, yeah. and he. I, I think that he he may hold you know a bit a, a, a little bit of resentment for the Colts. So, I mean, I, I would like it. I look kind of like how Tim Kelly, uh, Tim Kelly can kind of breathe new life into an offense, and I I think he has in certain ways. Tim Kelly for sure. I think he's made. This is going to sound crazy, but I think Tim Kelly has made Todd Downing a better play caller this season than he did last last year. Yeah, I mean, it, I still think that Tim Kelly scripts the first drive. But that's just because I can't believe that Todd Downing would call any successful place. I think Frank Wright would be able to do the same if you brought him in. I think he would make Tannehill a better quarterback. If that is, if the Titans go back to Tannehill next season, which that's a question in and of itself. Well, it's starting but, to look like they ought to after seeing Malik Willis. Yeah, I think maybe if even if you sign Tannehill to like a one year deal or something next year, I I would do another he's, year of Ryan Tannehill until Tannehill proves he can't do it. I would always I will continue to go back to that well all right last thing before we get out of here uh the sobros network has dropped the nominees for the nashville sports podcast of the year and as the 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 winners of last year's best nashville sports podcast to not be nominated for best nashville sports podcast we are now nominated for best nashville sports podcast so i don't even know if we're eligible for uh, to repeat as champions in our uh, the category that was created for us. But this is what I'm going to say. that We won that award strictly based off of the Tuppers. You guys came up huge last year. This time, you flooded SoBros Network's mentions. You got it. You tweeted at SoBros Network, and you, you, you got them to create a a damn category for us, which we ultimately want. Now, since we are in the 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 world of the best Nashville sports podcast, we need you to flood the ballot box. We will tweet out the link at Titan Up Pod. We'll put it on Instagram at Titan Up Podcast at A to Z Sports. We just wherever you can find it. We need you to come up big and help us out and show Nashville that this podcast is not just it's not just a dumb podcast, but it's a dumb podcast that a lot of people like. That's what we <laughs> need it to be. That's exactly what we the idea we had when we started making this. Um, but we are in a category with soul-selling communists such as the F Words Pod and Right. Who are have already tried to tried to collude for their award. They tried you know, pawning off winning that award and repeating as champions of this category by with some Lizzo tickets, which we did not find very cool. We talked about that a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Um, there's, there's some investigative journalists that uh, have our back there. Um, we, we are also going up against Braden Gall, Uncle Braden Gall's lame stream. That's right. And that's a, it's a very good podcast. This is tough. This is, we are up against two, uh, I would say beasts in the podcast world, at least within the Nashville media landscape. So yeah. And look, we're not going to win this without the help of you guys. Now that we're nominated for this, I desperately want to win it. I want to win I, it. Yeah. Badly. Oh, and I, 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 you're right. I, I was, I was a fine not winning it last year and not being even nominated, uh, because it, it ultimately led us to another award. But this year, now that we are nominated, I want to beat that ass. Here's what I want from the Tuppers. If you have the time, if if you put in the effort and you go out and you vote for us, I want you to screenshot that vote 
and tweeted at us. We're going to shout out every single person who voted for us on next yeah. week's episode at the top. Yeah. Um, so do that. Just uh, you know, you know, give us give us a reason to to give you guys a shout. We uh, really appreciate every single one. Yeah. Of you. Even if you can't vote, um, still thank you for listening. We that, we're happy that you come to us for your uh, very informed Titans takes. Yeah, very informed. Very informed. That's one of the reasons why we we do the uh, so titles every week because we want to shout you guys out. Do you guys who contribute back to the show? We want to give you love and we want to give you props and and your praise because we this podcast is nothing without you guys. We have built a community of people who get us and get the show, and we love you guys for that. Because now look, now there's a lot of people that listen to this podcast once and they're like, "Man, these guys are idiots. These guys are dumb," and they don't realize that we also know that they don't they they think we take ourselves seriously. So, so we want like to, we want to recognize those of you who know that like, yeah, we are idiots and then we are dumb, but that we also know that we are idiots and that we are dumb. So, um, and I mean, we read all reason, comments, even the bad ones. We read all comments, seriously. <laughs> uh, and the, we, we respect you guys, uh, and we, we love you guys and you guys make this podcast way more fun. Cause otherwise it'd just be Jack and I just talking to each other about you know him not getting movie references and and, yeah, and it'd be a bad movie podcast that's for sure rum springer and all of yeah, the I forgot uh, rum springer happened ryan Tannehill being a pizza parlor you know like that's all the all of the dumb takes that we've given over our days uh it would just be us chatting to ourselves you guys listening and reacting and responding on 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 socials and everything it's been huge um Last- so please Look, we don't need a thousand followers by draft night. I mean, we're still fighting for a thousand followers by draft night. But what we need is to win this damn award and show F words pod and our buddy Braden Gall with uh, Lamestream Media that we are here for the taking. It's the only A to Z sports podcast that's nominated in this category. The other two are 440 Media. Okay, just throwing mm, that out there. Yep. Which whose side are you really on? And yeah. hey, look. Mike Herndon has joined the fight for F words podcast, which I find blasphemous because I think we've had him on the tighten up podcast oh, more than the in the last year. But look, that's, that's none of my business voting ends Friday, November 18th. So not this Friday, but next Friday. So you got plenty of time to vote. If you're busy this week, don't worry about it. Get back to us next week. And um, we're going to post that link in our Twitter bio. We, we're, we're probably going to pin it. I think we'll pin it um, yeah, for a little for sure. while just to make it easier for you guys to find. When um, does voting end? Do you said for us to win? Voting ends November 18th on November 18th. next Friday. So the day after the Titans Packers game. So you need a you need a Google account to to submit your vote, which most people have Google accounts or Gmail accounts, whatever it may be. Uh, if you got multiple, I mean, look, nobody's stopping you from, you know, yeah. jumping in there a couple of times. I, I voted right? multiple times. There you go. There you I go. For, I forgot we had an email for this podcast. So I, I, I oh, hell yeah. that thing. And yeah, we're 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 definitely rigging this election. But look, nobody has to know that. Don't send this podcast audio to Stony Keeley at Sobros Network. We're going to have Stony on soon, I think, um, to, to kind of let us know a little more about Sobros. And, you know, also, I, I think it would be a good time for him to present us with the award. Um, look, I, I know I know Election Day was just this past Tuesday, but this will be the most important thing you vote this for is what this matters. month. Okay. Yeah, this month, without question. Um, so help us out. 
Tuppers, you've always come to our backs. Every time we've given you assignment, heck, people were tweeting at Jared Stillman the other day and uh, sending us the replies. That was that was hilarious. You guys are incredible. We love you. Um, help us win this award, and we will give we will we will shout out everyone who votes for us and takes a screenshot of them doing so in the process because we want to give you guys back the love, give you guys back the the hype and the praise. So thank you for all the support that you've given us. Uh, continue to support by following at Tighten Up Pod on Twitter, at Tighten Up Podcast on Instagram, at A to Z Sports on all the platforms. You can follow my guy Jack at Jack A Gentry, who had a phenomenal tweet the other day about uh, <laughs> that that Drew Bennett even uh, texted him, texted Jack out of the blue, which uh, tells us that Drew Bennett's on Twitter somewhere, lurking in the shadows. But he texted Drew and said, I mean, texted Jack and said that was the a really funny tweet where it was. Uh, who was it? Malik Willis. Malik, Malik uh, Willis passed Craig Hendrick for uh, you know the fran the franchise like like forty fifth place all time in the all time passing, passing league. And yeah. um, the, the funny thing is, I was like, I, I tweeted that, and then I immediately began pacing around the house because the Titans were winning a game they had no business winning. But uh, I got back to my phone and Drew Bennett texted me. I was like, holy shit, this thing blew up a little bit. But yeah. look, we're gonna be we're gonna be I'm gonna be documenting. Every person that Malik Willis passes from here on. At, I hope you do. You have to keep that bit up at Jack A. Gentry on Twitter to follow that uh, along. You can follow me on Twitter at Austin Huff. Jack, you got anything for the road? Nope. Just uh, vote for the top. Vote for the top. Makes, let's make some noise. Let's spread this thing. Let's win this thing. And uh, love you mean it. That's about it for me. No, remember the Titan this week just because we're trying to, to make these podcasts as podcasts uh, not as long as they've been lately so we're you know we, we, we'll we'll it, remember the time is not dead we're just it we're taking a week off and uh we'll get to it in like lighter weeks when we don't have as much to react to um but with all of that said uh i guess until next week tighten, tighten up, up. They're the Tennessee Titans, they're the 